Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hi, I'm Marley Starsky-Butler from Birmingham, and you're listening to Dane Baptiste Questions Everything. My question is, do washing up bowls actually serve any function, or were they just invented by someone to fix a problem that didn't exist So yeah, that's my question. Do washing up bowls serve any purpose and why would anybody use one? Okay, here comes the show and remember, question everything. Hello everyone and welcome to Dame Baptiste Questions Everything, a podcast for myself, comedian, writer and occasional actor Dame Baptiste, my producer friend Howard Cohen, aka The Hizzer. Hello! And a mix of very special guests will join us on the show to pose the questions that need to be asked. And we are talking everything from... We are talking everything from Marley from Birmingham's question, do washing up bowls serve any real purpose? Uh, Dane, uh, the washing up bowl, was that some part of your childhood? It's still a part of my childhood to this day. Although, if I do, like, put stuff outside of it, when I'm putting things in a sink, my mum goes ballistic. But the, uh, <laughs> It is a weird thing, right? I see what he's saying. It is a weird thing, but the, reason, the thing that's useful, Mark, is, is, is the, Marley, is that what you do is... Um, and also, thank you for the support from Birmingham. Big up the 0121. But, uh, yeah, you basically... Normally, if you're cooking for multiple guests, or it's usually in, like, a public situation, like, I was in the Cub Scouts, or, like, if you're in the army and you're cooking for a lot of people, or, like, in a galley, like, in the Navy... Yeah. Then yeah. normally they use the um, washing bowls to clear like a number of plates at once. And then you ah. put that in the sink so it can soak. And the reason why you put it in the bowl initially is because sometimes you don't want foodstuffs to go straight down and clog your uh, your uh, drain, unless you've got drain. There you go, Marley. There's the answer. We answer and ask all the questions on this show. And that's as good as any. Uh... Oh, Marley, just get a dishwasher, bro. Or get a dishwasher. <laughs> or get a dishwasher. You know, get a dishwasher. Still got to rinse it though. So we ask yeah, yeah. answer all the questions that need to be answered. If you like the show, please rate and review it on Apple Podcasts or follow us on Spotify. You'll never miss an episode. Or subscribe to us on Acast, the world's largest podcast network. And we're climbing up the charts, y'all. So keep supporting. Now, on today's show, we have a great guest, a British comedian of Somalian descent. He arrived in the country at the age of four after his family immigrated to the UK in the mid 90s. He has gone on to be a feel-good fan favorite on the British comedy circuit. He has performed tour support with the likes of Dave Chappelle, Jack Whitehall, and the original D hunter and he has written and started sketches for bbc itv and comedy central and also performed on comedy central's the world stands up he is the world warrior the traveler the journeyman and the king of the horn of african comedians please welcome to the show wakanda <laughs> forever and ever rest in peace chadwick boseman as well at the time rest of recording but in terms of in a, for the sake of positivity and love it is my pleasure to introduce my version from way back in the day the roadman that is the king of roadmen, Prince Abdi. Welcome. Prince Abdi. What is happening, brother? I'm good, How man. You, I'm man? good. Yeah, I'm good, man. Um, I've got, I did my first ever show last night. So, yeah, I'm back. I'm back. So, yeah, I'm back looking, in the game. How did it feel? How did it feel? Oh, man. It was just, uh, I missed it so much. It was great, man. Mr. Hecklers as well. I didn't know how to deal with one heckler yesterday. That's not me usually. But yeah, t- tonight I'll be ready. <laughs> it's not what yet. did he have to say? What did he have to say? No, like I had, I had a good comment. It was a, it was a girl. Girls are a bit harder than boys when it comes to like heckler because they get like, more drunk. And, and um, I didn't even ask her. She just said, I'm 17. And I said, um, I'm Prince Abdi, not Prince Andrew. And then, <laughs> and then topical, she, topical. And then, yeah, and then she nice. walked out, and all of her friends started like going like crazy at me. But yeah, it was all right. We're, 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 we're <laughs> I survived. No scratches. Survived, no scratches. <laughs> exactly. Always coming out clean, Prince. Uh, for those who don't know, I think Prince, you might be one of the first comedians I ever saw when I started performing. Wow, comedy. really? And uh, wow, I'm I feel older. I believe. No, no, you, I mean, you were grinding. I think we were grinding for a very long time, man. I think we were one of the first comedians I ever saw when I first had my foray into comedy around 2006 before I left for a couple of years. And actually, I remember at the time I was taking off, I remember seeing you in central London and encouraged me to get involved again 
when I'd kind of oh. turned my back on comedy for a bit. Um, yeah, because I thought and, you quit for good. <laughs> uh, no, I'd quit for a bit, man, because I was just... I was like, nah, was man, you got to come back, bro. You're funny, bro. You're funny. <laughs> that, that, that is you as well. That's exactly how you did it. I'm trying to remember the first gig. What, what was it? It was, it was in a bar, yeah? But it was like down... It wasn't Tiger Tiger, um, but it was a downstairs gig somewhere in Croydon. And I remember seeing you there. And you yeah, it was... Um, was it Lloyd? I think it was called Lloyd's Lloyd's, yeah, it was Lloyd's. It was Lloyd's yeah. bar, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that was one of the first times I saw you in Lloyd's bar. Oh, man, that was time ago. In Croydon, living the dream. Is it? Smashing life, smashing life. And I remember seeing Prince, um, one of the only other guys I saw, take the gauntlet of doing uh, the jump off at the Mean Fiddler. Oh, yeah. um, On (laughs) Tottenham Court Road, do you remember? Yeah, uh, I remember that. Standing in the middle of the circle and do uh, jokes for, I swear, was it like a five five-minute set or ten-minute set? It was like, yeah, it was like eight minutes. And then every laugh, you get five pounds. Yeah. (laughs) Insane gigs, man. Yeah, man. So, how, so how, how you been doing so far? Other than like the memories and that, now you're back on the game and that. How's your uh, lockdown been so far as uh, both artistically and uh, personally and spiritually? You know what? It's, it's it's been good, man. Like I mean, I'm you know my 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 my, my parents always say you know as long as you're alive, man, <laughs> stop complaining. So mm. um, just you know just being alive and not you know um, I I got the I got the COVID very early, so. As soon as oh, I really? got it, okay, yeah, yeah, I, I got it like in March, and then um, I, I knew something wasn't right, but I survived, man. So after I survived, I was like, "That's it, man. I'm, I'm I shouldn't complain about anything." So not having gigs and now, obviously, I wanted to get back on, on on stage. But what's more important is your health. So just being healthy, and you know, just um, I've, I've been writing as well. I've been writing some rap lyrics, but let's not talk about that. But yeah, no, that's uh, what we're here to do, Prince. We're here to yeah, do the talking no, I, I about been, the lyrics. I've been speaking about people, people understand about how me for our me and Prince Abdi have done time together. They don't know that as well. <laughs> we did time. <laughs> Remember, we um we did a gig at H- HMP Thameside, which some people know as uh, Belmarsh. But uh, oh, yeah, yeah a couple year, couple years ago, me my, myself, <laughs> Prince Abdi, and uh, Mr C, who's a friend of the podcast and a long time mentor, um we ended up uh, having the opportunity to do a gig in um, HMP Thameside, which was one of the UK's only private prisons in South London, which is home to about 40 different gangs. And uh, for Black History Month, we uh, did an exclusive gig. Remember, Prince, you remember? Yeah, man, I remember. And do you know smashed, what? You smashed it. Nah, but do you, do you remember you had um, you had all these guys that were wearing a yellow vest, right? And I thought that was security, mm-hmm. but they weren't. They were just the well-behaved. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they were just what the well-behaved, like, <laughs> inmates. Yeah, exactly. Because, like, like inmates, yeah, it was a good kick off. It was a great gig. Yeah, could no, but you know what? It was. It could have kicked off. Obviously, that's yeah, the thing. But, but they were nice. They were, they were, they were, they were so, cool. They were nice. And I don't mean to condescend the way that they were well behaved. Like they were very grateful. And uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a real hard I, I wanted. I wanted to do more of that again, man. But absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. And uh, you know, we can still do that. But yeah, um, just so just so people know, yeah, like I said Prince Abdi has earned his title because we've been in some of the maddest places uh, with a microphone in our hands, literally in prison. The prison, the walls, man. Who did that? Oh. Like Johnny Cash of comedy, right? That's it. That's it. <laughs> Give him back whenever we can. It's probably time for a question, isn't it, Dane? As the uh, format dictates. Absolutely. So, Prince, you finally made it. We go quay, quay, quay back. Uh, one of the original dons. Um, as you know, on this podcast, we invite all of our esteemed guests to ask a question, which we can discuss for a little piece, like fifty minutes and some change. Then how to ask a question, and we'll do the same, and then I'll do the same. And then we will go on, live our lives, stay in touch, and uh, you keep on being the king. Sound like a plan? Of course, bro. Cool. Well, I don't know if it's a question. Um, because I believe, and and I, you know, some people might go, "No, you can't say that." But I'm going to say, it. I, I, I know. Um, I don't know why, but my gut feeling that Donald Trump is going to get reelected. Um, what do you think about that statement I've just made? <laughs> I think I think it's 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 potentially true but if you look statistically at um the uh data if you want to believe the data this time so in 2016 famously they got it incredibly wrong they said Hillary Clinton was going to win and she lost uh then they've reinvented the data they've 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 gone back and tried to work out what was wrong with it and now they say okay Joe Biden's going to win uh so I think you might be wrong, is my first reaction. I would really hope that's the case, Howard. But at this particular point in time, given the last four years, I'm not going to rely on any punditry. I don't want to rely on any algorithms, any statistics. 
in this particular stage, I did not know what's going to happen until election results come out in November. Because, you know, the first time around, there was nobody who thought that Donald Trump was electable or would be elected. And we grossly underestimated the depth of uh, the sentiment of white supremacy and hatred in America. We grossly underestimated the uh, internalized sexism and misogyny within America. And also, yeah, and the, well, I mean, we were aware of, but the now overt and unflinching um, baseless racism that you see in America as well. So for me, I personally, how I feel about Prince is that, you know, I feel a real strong sense of fear for people who um, have been negatively affected by Donald Trump and his policies. Like, I really feel like when it comes to structures like political structures, when people speak about Hitler, for example, as the leader of the National Socialist Party, correctly, people refer to him as a despot and a monster and someone who orchestrated one of the biggest uh, human atrocities we've seen in our recorded history. But he didn't do it by himself. One man cannot physically kill six million Jews, plus another additional four million homosexuals, people of mixed race, communists, the disabled, etc. He couldn't do that by himself, which meant that there were people who were happy to give over their own personal responsibility and give uh, and commit these heinous acts and do it under the guise, as they, as they famously said, just following orders. Prince, and you know, I feel I, the issue I, is what sorry. Makes I was, you think that Trump's gonna gonna win? Because the last time I was in America, um, I, I travelled quite a bit all over America, and I went to the. I started in the East Coast, then I did the um, Midwest and went West Coast, and the amount of people that supported this man was very dangerous. And I just felt like a lot of people keep quiet; they keep really quiet until the voting day, and then that's when they all go to the polls and just vote for this guy. Um, I was really, I wasn't really surprised when he when when he beat Hillary Clinton. Um, a lot of people were, but I weren't. I, I was not surprised because oh, that, that's the actually the time that I was traveling in America, and I, I was just seeing like what was going on because we don't get all the media um, um, outlets from like into this country. We only, we only see you know snippets of what's going on in America. But when, once if you're in America, then you'll see what's really going on, and that's why I think he's going to get it again. And Joe Biden, I don't think is a strong enough. Um, uh, candidate to take over um, as president. The the statistic. Are you following the statistics about what they're saying at the moment about about Trump and Biden? Because they, you know, they they're saying he's going to lose. No. Yeah. No. They they said that with the last time. Oh, they said Hillary is way on. Uh, uh, you know, at the front, this and she's going to win. And and also, you got to remember, Howard. Yeah, you take into account the metrics. He did not have more votes than Hillary Clinton. What he had was the collegiate uh, the collegiate vote, right? And through yeah. America's, in the same way that we have a system of like first past the post, it's not that you get more you get more votes than anybody else. It's just that you got the amount of votes required to assume power before people could put their votes in. And this is the thing is that on a larger scale, we need to really look at these systems that we refer to of voting and polling that we refer to as democratic. Because in this country, like, you know, prior to this last election and a very dubious one, Theresa May was our prime minister and she was not democratically elected. What happened was that David Cameron, retired, David Cameron resigned and because of the matter of her being in the Tory party, she assumed power. But even then, the Tories did not win. What happened was is that there, there was a there was a, lock, a vote lock-in and the Liberal Democrats decided to form a coalition with the Conservatives to give them the majority. And then they turned around and repealed or ignored all of the Liberal Democrats' policies and made the head... What's, oh, what's the dude called again from Liberal Democrats? Nick Clegg, right? Nick, Nick Clegg, Clegg like yeah. a, You know what Nick Clegg was like? He was like that girl who sucked a hundred dicks in Magaluf because they said they're going to give her a Caribbean holiday. And, you know, she's like, fair enough, it's worth for a holiday. And that's just the name of the cocktail they gave her afterwards. And that's what happened, is that, and then you, you try and come back to your friends and they're like, oh man, I thought you did it at least for a holiday. Now you just got for a mouthful of archers and very different male semen. Not slut shaming, but I'm saying sometimes you've got to read the small print, otherwise you'll get screwed over. And I feel like if you look at the structure of the American bipartisan political system, Donald Trump did not achieve more votes than Hillary Clinton. In fact, voter turnout was the lowest it's ever been. Also, he got the collegiate, I think it was the electoral college vote, which was, was supposed to... Uh, and in many ways, I guess, the result of that election has revealed a lot of very subversive techniques and methods that are used to stop people, people voting in a democratic society. So to say that because it looks on paper and stuff, I really want people to understand there's nothing these people are not going to do to secure power. You've seen they are actively now trying to stop the postal vote, another method by which Donald Trump can lose, 
by literally locking up mailboxes. You wouldn't do that if you were confident that you had the positive sentiment of the American people. Not only that, now they're trying to change laws whereby if they consider you to be a felon or from a different place or any kind of voting error you commit, they want to, if you fill out a form incorrectly, then you become getting misdemeanor felony, which means you're now not able to vote. So you are seeing a lot of subversive methods being used. So really with Prince, it's like, the question for me is how I feel about that. Donald Trump is not the issue. Yeah, that's one person. The people that voted for Donald Trump are the problem. People yeah, that exactly. have heard a man, they are grab women by the pussy and they love it. People that have, who's actively been a judge at pageants. Now, we are all supposed to be running co-currently with that narrative with what we can refer to as third wave feminism seen within the West. How can we have a third wave of feminism where women in the West, in the developed nations, are asserting their authority? 54% of American white women voted for Donald Trump. So you all heard him say, I'm so famous, I don't even have to talk to him. I'll just grab a pussy when they see me. And more than half of the women in that country voted for him still. So me, not only that, he is Republicans, their emphasis is on conservatism and also retention of their own wealth and not having to do that through a socialist state of taxation. This is what Republicans are always worried about. You have a man now leading the GOP who is now illegal for him to even touch a charity due to money laundering charges and has suffered five bankruptcies and has had to be bailed out of those by floating on the line, floating on the stock exchange and costing his investors money, as well as having to subsist on his father's money to even, to even be liquid. Do you really think, if you do think someone like that can control your economy, Good luck. Good luck. Good fucking But, fucking but luck. very clearly, there's a reason for him to be there. Very, very clearly, he serves somebody a purpose for him to be there. Because, you know, there's been conversations where his own sister is saying this man is inhumane. It's been, his own niece has said he's inhumane. But the thing that, that kind of sticks in my mind at the moment, and, and like Prince, you know, you said that you met lots of Trump supporters when you are in the States, right? Loads, yeah. And it, it, is that is the, the, the divide between, you know, people who support him and people who don't feels such a massive chasm that there has to. I just, I, I just don't believe that there isn't a way to find uh, a change in the way people view I genuinely, I, 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 I think, Howard, you are overestimating the sentiment of Americans. What people need to understand is that in this capitalist republic that America refers to itself, Donald Trump and his political and ideological disposition is as American as it gets. He is ignorant, he's brash, he's isolated, he's detached, he's, um, you know, boastful, obnoxious. All of the tropes that we think about the quintessential American, he embodies all of that and he champions that all the time. Even through, the, despite the fact that in the West, America suffered the most losses from COVID-19 than every other nation on the planet. And his only rationale every time he is addressed is to blame the Chinese. But the, the thing that I can't help but think, and maybe you're right uh, at present, there has to come a point in the future where people's viewpoints change because it, things are just going to become more critical, aren't they? Like Some people, this we understand, Howard, there are some people, this is, this is what I'm saying about capitalism. This is bigger than Donald Trump. All he does is represents, he personifies this ideology that has guided America in the West up until this point. I feel like, how because Prince's question was how I feel about it. Prince, I feel like when this man, if he does another four years, whether he does another four years or if he leaves now, the damage that has been done, to just the framework of this part of the world is irreparable. His actions yeah. in terms of how he deals with his geopolitics and his foreign policy alone means however people feel about this, if you're a millennial, most of the stuff you grew up with was made in China. This man has spent the last four years offending China. People forget mm. that in this time last year, we came this close to increased nuclear proliferation with North Korea. Not only that, he referred to all these other nations as shithole countries. He's already imposing trade talks with us and we don't even have a deal for Brexit. So we're going to be screwed in at the behest of this fear of stuff like um, chlorinated chicken from America. People, what's going to happen is Prince, how I feel, I feel, I suppose, anxious, yeah? Because whether he does four years or not, what is going to happen with America is that people are going to see this country, in the way it exists now, can no longer continue with its, continue, its, its governance. If, if, mm. if, however, Won't sustain. Because what you understand is, the rest of us are looking at this world and thinking, if this is the kind of person these people can pick, maybe they don't. Maybe they don't. They shouldn't pick anymore. That's how we're all theory, thinking. People don't admit this, but it's like if this is the kind of person you can pick to run a country, you obviously don't know how to pick somebody. And then what happens is 
when you leave a vacuum from a madman, there's five others to take their place. Everybody was like, oh, when Saddam's gone, there'll be no more stress. Then ISIS came and they throw people in acid and off buildings and they behead people and they do extort and worse than he could have ever been. You remove someone like Donald Trump when you've already got white supremacist militias already beginning to galvanize in America, a police force that is completely open about the fact that they have no respect for black lives or authority or any level of morality. The level of intensity that's rising in America, it will take more than an election to repair the damage. So whether he wins or not is not the issue. You got to do with the fact that America is already damaged by the fact it's mm. already damaged by the fact that its um, healthcare system is a joke. They're now dealing with the worst depression they've had since the Great Depression. So now your healthcare is fucked, your financial system is fucked. There's going to be the backlog of just the human rights abuses and the charges of this president already, because he's already done more than Nixon would have ever done. It is already, if you have a cabinet and almost all the members of your cabinet are either fired or go to prison, what do they know? Because you, you guys remember, you're forgetting about Steve Bannon, right? But at the same time, this is the guy that introduced both fake news and alternate facts into global lexicon. So he has now made lying legal. This is not just about this bad impress. It's his effect that's existed on culture now is that you have now seen the worst rise to be the worst. And if you, and in, day, in any country, if you have a system of governance where your president himself will lie and cheat and steal and harass, no one as a civilian can criticize your behavior because the biggest civil servant in your society displays the same behavior. So now your moral compass is so disoriented you can't tell people what's right or wrong in America anymore. Because if you're telling me it's wrong for you to steal or abuse women, and I say to you, but a fucking president does it, what are you going to tell me? The leader of the free world is setting this example now, whereby the clocks have gone so far back, you're in a situation now where a place like Alabama have repealed the worst rights laws for women's bodies in years. It's crazy when you spell it out like that, right? He didn't even think he would be the president. And now we are where we are. And you have to understand the zeitgeist of the American ideology is built on the fact that we are all from a democratic republic where even the lowliest white man can become the president. Prince, what do you think of that answer? He's right. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, when I was over in America, there's a lot of people that said um, they've they've never voted before and they're going to vote for him and... They've never left the country, so and they watch um, Fox News. <laughs> and if you watch Fox News, that's that who he is speaks a, to. For me, that's a comedy channel. That's who he speaks. Exactly, that's who he speaks to. Twenty-two percent of Americans can't read. Seventy-five percent yeah. on a passport. Most of the there's a good thirteen percent of Americans wholeheartedly believe that angels are real. This is and what you're dealing and they've with. They've seen aliens. And it's now these are, these are people who are constantly, constantly opposed and outwardly and overtly opposed to immigration. And yet they think every time aliens come to this fucking planet, they're going to go to Roswell. If you're an alien and you can see from the outside in, of all the places you'd go to, you're going to go to the most, the place known for hating aliens. Would you, would you go there or would you go somewhere where people don't pay attention to you and don't give a shit? If I'm an alien, it's like, where should we go on holiday in, in England, in, in this, in, on the planet Earth? Well, New Mexico, Roswell seems to be friendly. Cool. And when we get there, what do we do? You switch through the channels because you can get, because satellites are right next to spaceships in space. So you're getting Fox News there. And all you can hear is a bunch of Americans saying, we fucking hate illegal aliens. So if I was an alien, I'd be like, nah, I'm going to stay away from there. So how I, how I feel yeah. about uh, uh, Trump's re-election, not particularly surprised. Somewhat anxious about it because, you know, he essentially weaponizes and empowers right supremacists to attack black people. But other than that, I know he can do another four years. The guy, maybe do four years, maybe do five years. You, you don't, This guy and his mentality, he's never going to leave and accept a loss because his ego cannot, cannot, cannot conceptualize the idea of him losing to somebody. That's what Donald Trump is. No. He cannot lose to somebody. He's already lost. He's already easily the worst president America's ever seen. We know this. But to hear him tell it, he's the best. He's already rubbished his secret service authorities. He's destroyed charities. He's destroyed the Interparliamentary Protection Agency. He literally is overseeing the worst crisis, biological crisis in America's history, the worst recession in their history. And he'll still tell you things are fine. 
So uh, in in summary, Prince, uh, that might be an answer uh, to your question there. Uh, what do you think? So, Dane, what do you think about Donald Trump? No, I'm kidding. Yes, yes. That's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that was... Uh, I don't think that, much that was, about him. Yeah. Dane's passionate. I like it. <laughs> I'm going to say, look, I'm say, what do you think about Donald Trump? Oh, Donald Trump is a billionaire who didn't earn any of his money, who's gone broke and had three failed marriages and has uh, many, many cases on him for sexual harassment as well as money laundering and incidentally is also racist. Are you surprised? Yeah. Nope. <laughs> he's, he's right on brand. Thanks, Dane. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 we, and the thing about that question is you could talk about it all day, but hopefully, well, in 10 weeks' time, we're going to be able to talk about it again when uh, it's November 3rd and uh, there may or may not be the results of the election. Uh, well, well, well that, I'm, so. I'm glad we're having this civil conversation because I said that to a friend of mine who I've known for over 30 years and he just he just went crazy on me. He's like, there's no way he's going to win, bro. There's no way he's going to win. I'm like, well, we'll see. <laughs> it's going to be it's going to be close, but I'm going to I'm going to say now, statistically, you think Biden? He, he he's lost two main groups that he needed to keep hold of in the suburbs, and he's he's lost them. So we will see. We can only wait and see what will happen. I'm sure this won't be the last time we talk about this on this podcast uh, before the election on November. If the 3rd. podcast survives the next four years, what I'm saying is there is recorded evidence of this man actively colluding to win the election in the first place with Russians. I just want to say, because this has been recorded, I love the Russians. That's what I wanted to say. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to switch it up for my question, guys, because uh, I was thinking about how my news has been consumed by so many other things, right? Like, you know, it's like COVID, it's re-election, it's, it's BLM, you know. And I kind of sometimes think I forget that other things are going to happen. So um, I thought I'd mention uh, the fact that in uh, May next year, uh, 2021, uh, it's going to be time to elect a new London mayor. Uh, <laughs> it could not feel like... Le- remember, remember when that used to feel like the most important news of like, you know, that would be... Whether you're in London or not, I think you can understand it's, you know, it's, it's pretty important thing. But nobody could give a flying fuck that that's about to happen, right? Like nobody's no talking about it once. From, nobody's got any idea who's running, right? Other than Sadiq. So, or is he leaving? I don't well, know. Sadiq's, but- run, Sadiq's running again. And then there's some new, some new idiot called Sean Bailey, who's an idiot. But the uh, the question to you guys uh, and Prince, I'll be interested to see what you think because I think I saw a picture of you of Sadiq Khan actually, Prince, on online somewhere at some point, or maybe or yeah, yeah, I know Sadiq well, yeah, yeah. he's uh, Mandem and oh, right, cool. is South London, isn't it? Way back and that. But if if we were going to have a new mayor of London, who? Who would you pick? You can pick anyone. I was thinking because of Trump, it doesn't matter who anyone is anymore. I reckon Sean Bailey because he's got that youth work. <laughs> Seriously, he's, he's got the youth youth work background, so he might use that to his advantage. And there's been a lot of youth uh, violence, youth and youth violence. So he might use that as his, you know, he's uh, for, for his golden ticket. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST. And up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. John Bailey has not impressed a lot of people, that's for fucking sure. But I was thinking it's interesting, isn't it? Like, there's so many amazing people living in. I mean, Prince, how do you think about Dane running for for mayor of London like that? It might not be this time, Dane, but at some point. Yeah, Prince. Yeah, Prince, how do you feel? Um, South London, isn't it, bro? Yeah, definitely. I got your back. Took a while, Prince. You just, you just, you just took, took yourself out of a nice, nice mansion in Cobham. And sorry, but you know, nah, it's my internet. It's my, it's my internet, bro. 
<laughs> you know what? I think about this a lot, though, Howard. I think about being the mayor of London. Now, I have never been particularly uh, enthused about politics because I find it too political, and I don't like anything where you can't say what you actually how you actually feel. Um, but that, I mean, I don't know. I just think whoever the mayor is, these are there are many things that I think are essential in order to improve London and make it a city and a viable and successful economic center of Europe and this country. So I know if I was mayor, here's what I would do. Some of my manifesto would be. So (laughs) first of all, all municipal buildings must have solar panels and an alternate sustainable energy source. And that should be great. The construction for that should be obviously given first refusal by any nationalist construction agencies or I may create a national agency for uh, the purpose of giving first refusal to that to, uh, you know, working class people. So, you know, consistent with automation. So they'd get those jobs. So libraries, uh, bus stops, bus depots, hospitals, you name it. If you're a government and you require government assistance, then your efficacy has to be increased by you having solar panels or any kind of sustainable energy that can be used there. That's number one. Then number two, I would take from the budget of, you know, the TA and various other military installations around the capital or based in the capital, their budget may necessarily be reduced, but soldiers that are in the employ would be involved in these uh, regeneration projects within London. So, for example, if there's barracks like in uh, Kent and nearby, soldiers would be helping to rejuvenate and regenerate like low income housing and estates. So they're just not sitting there waiting for the next war. I would also um, revise the curriculum. That's more of a national thing where an introduction to automation must be given to all kids in school. I'm, I'm like, this is, this, we can take this seriously now, right? Like, Dane's, Dane's up for this. Like, we could actually start a campaign today. Yeah, definitely. All, all municipal vehicles, including the police or taxis and public transport, also have to be hybrid vehicles as well. And their manufacturing installation will be done domestically in the UK. I think I think it's a great it's a great list of policies. I, I, the reason I was thinking about this was because I, I imagine you, you might have a chance. Yeah, you actually might have a chance. Now. <laughs> but I was saying it because partly is a joke because I I predict or you would start to predict that the, the effect of of Trump and Kanye and people trying to enter politics who have no political background, which has obviously happened in history, but it's just probably going to happen more often, I imagine. That I've, I've, I've got a little list of people who I think could run for that genuine list, if you want to hear Absolutely. some. Um, top, top of my list, uh, the legend that is Ian Wright. I was thinking that as well. That's such a good... That's such a Ian good choice. Wright. I actually think definitely thinking Ian that. Wright would Absolutely. actually... <laughs> Ian Wright would be a good mayor of London. Like, I think he would have a lot of people on side. And, and also, I think he... I reckon he would try and make everybody be Arsenal. <laughs> yeah, no. One way or the other. <laughs> yeah, yeah. London is red. <laughs> Not for Labour. <laughs> I think he'd be fair, though. I think he'd be a fair guy. Like, And, and, and you listen to him kind of do his thing now where he... I, I saw a video of him this week where he stopped the car... Uh, kind of to, to make a comment about uh, some racism that has been online this week regarding football uh, punditry. And um, I was like, God, this guy has a huge platform. He actually talks some sense, put some good people around him who will help advise him. This guy could do it, right? Absolutely. I right, right. Ian Wright would be right. Right is right. What's right is right. <laughs> okay, that's number one. Number two, I've got... <laughs> I'm picking people who are Londoners, right? I'm picking, I'm picking some Londoners, right? So uh, number two, uh, David Beckham. Uh, is, David, is Beckham. David Beckham London though, or was he born in Essex? He's, Essex, he's he? very Essex. much. He's he's, a border, he's that border of East, East London Essex region. <laughs> if you want a big name, though, right? That's a big name. Like people love David Beckham, and maybe we don't, but like most people love David Beckham. But what's his? Poli- he, he's Howard. a big Arsenal what, fan, isn't he? But what about his? What about his policies, Howard? What about what would David Beckham's policies be? This is the problem, isn't it? Once you start naming, like, but you can imagine, like, as stupid, and it sounds ridiculous, but you can imagine if Beckham said he was running for mayor. Oh, of course, he'd get a good vote I, decently. No less than no less than the Monster Raven Looney Party. He wouldn't. He wouldn't do it any worse than they would. Do you know who I think? I, I want to throw somebody in there. Uh, Joe Brand. Nice. I like. Yeah, she's, yeah. Right. She's got a lot of respect it's from a Joe lot Brand, of people. A because it's a great way of hearing a manifesto and getting her on the podcast. So Joe Brand, or if any friends or fans of Joe Brand listen. Uh, please invite her onto the podcast. She is a staple of the British comedy industry. I think she'd be great because she's intelligent. She says what she means. And also she's a former nurse, 
and so she would have good policies to so far as support of uh, NHS and key workers. So I think she'd be a good shout for that as well. But but she's kind as well, so I don't know. And she's she kind. Got to be brutal sometimes. No, but do you do you though? Do you need to be brutal? Maybe she can be some, brutal. Some, some, but you know you can be brutal in your taxation policies. Like for me, I would have my little private armies and militias running up in all multinationals, being like, if you're operating in London, yeah, and you want to be on these high streets or even ship your stuff here. I need some more money, please, because I heard somewhere that Vodafone's tax bill that they avoid by filing taxes off of their main office being in, I think, Guernsey. The money they, if they were to pay a year of tax, that would cover the salaries of our nursing workforce for three years in the UK. And they got one in Cape Town as well. And one in Cape Town. So I'm saying Vodafone, mm. like, I'd be up in the office being like, what's up? Mayor of London here. Let me get some of that bread in these various uh, duffel bags. And if I don't get some of this money to pay my nurses, then when you don't get to hospital because of an accident, my nurses won't be able to help you. Who else you got, Howard? He's a bit old, but David Attenborough. Uh, oh, <laughs> would we, everyone loves the guy, right? That's everyone fucking call. loves the guy. He's but, a good, yeah, but he's gone. He's, 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 he's a bit, yeah, he's, he's a bit, bit older. Old. Also, he's a little he did bit make old. Some uh, somewhat worrying comments about uh, overpopulation, which kind of was a bit eugenicist. But you'll hear a lot more of those. Oh, you know, but I get imagine. it. I get what he was saying, though. I get what he was saying. Though. My last one, my last one, and then we're going to move on to Dane's uh-huh. question. Is uh, can I throw Eddie Izzard in there? Yeah, absolutely. Nice, nice one. Good choice. Great choice. I think they're very good policies. He's always known for being a very uh, sophisticated man. Uh, also known for very liberal policies, very insightful person. And uh, multilingual as well. So, so far as, um, for you know what, whoever, whoever does become the mayor, I mean, you know who should, I think Eddie Izzard should be foreign secretary. But I'm talking like Eddie Izzard, you know, the dressed up Eddie Izzard. Make I London know. more like welcoming. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Get it, pop, get it popping in Soho for sure. More, 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 more inviting. My last one's Michael Caine. People fucking love Michael Caine. Yeah, like, yeah. He, he would easily get people to he vote would, for him. I think honestly, any of these people would get people to vote for him. Wouldn't I be mean, hard. People will vote. For, we've, what we have seen, if nothing else, in the last four years is that people will vote for fucking anything. So just throw some names in there, guys. Any more names in there? I definitely, I mean, there's most. How, how bad could listeners, it be? we want to hear. How bad could it possibly yeah, list- be? We want to hear from you listeners. Tell us who you think should be the next mayor of London. I think genuinely the best response I had for any of those was, was yeah, Ian Wright. Yeah, that's what I would have said. Ian Wright is actually believable, isn't he? he? Ian Wright would be a good one. I feel like we've had a long run of like men as mayors. Uh, we need a good woman to be the mayor. Oh, yeah, that's we need a female, that's, don't okay, we? A good woman, a good woman to be the mayor of London. Helen Mirren, she's a Londoner, isn't she? That's Hopefully a, that's she a is, kind yeah. of established uh, yeah, name. Helen would be good. But yeah, I'd definitely go for Helen Mirren. But um, I've only thrown my hat in already. I said Joe Brand. So, because I think she's, I think she's at the right age. I think she has the right ideological disposition. I think she hasn't taken any bullshit. And I think, like I said, being that uh, one of the best institutions in this country is our NHS. And she's had that connection with that. She'd get it popping very well. So... Nice. Well, thank you. We, uh, listeners, send us in your suggestions for the next Mayor of London. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll certainly entertain them. And uh, 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 Dane, it's over to you for the final question of today's show. Okay, so for the final question. Now, given that we were talking about London and the home, uh, I want to say, obviously, Prince, you are a Londoner from the south, from ends, from morning. But you weren't born here, were you, mate? Eh? You're not from around <laughs> here, are you? Do you know what I mean? That's a bit harsh, mate. I'm just saying, that name don't sound like you're from round here. My, my mates are called Gal and Till. I don't know any princes or any Abdis. So... Well, my nickname is Terry. All right, Till. Well, then, that's a bit more... But what I hear, Till, and you can dispel these rumours, is that you weren't born in this country. Now, I don't know what's happening to my country right now. Immigrants are coming left, right, across the sea, over the air. Don't know what the rest of you I love it. I absolutely love it. And, uh... As an immigrant prince, um, you have worked very hard and done very well. And, you know, arguably, I would say you are living the immigrant dream. You've come to this country and you have made a life for yourself. You are now a father and a brother and a loving husband and uh, a, and a, loved, a beloved son. And you've made it all happen for you. Um, yeah. And unlike me, you've managed to keep your hair through the stress. So... <laughs> 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 but I say that because uh, I, I mean, obviously, I imagine, and you know, you've uh, been very educational. In like, you know, there was a time when uh, the issue of the Somali pirates, for example, 
was a good point of comedy for a lot of people. And I used to remember that you were very uh, educational when you would discuss it on stage. And if people are aware, the, the uh, piracy that we see take place off the coast of Somalia began because uh, Somalia, due to previous issues of civil unrest, that region, which is known as Somalia, was divided into two nations of Somalia and Somaliland. Within those nations as well, there's a lot of tribal war within those. But there was a lot of unrest that came from post-colonial unrest in Somalia that took place and a lot of western powers took advantage of that unrest and began using the somalian coastline to dump toxic waste and food waste and basically nuclear used, toxic waste yeah. and basically use uh, somalia as a bin thereby damaging the fishing industry there and the way of life for somalian fishermen so when you have no other yeah. choice what you have to do is you need to feed and provide for your family and that's how the uh the uh, Somalian piracy began was because these men had lost their livelihood and these Western powers were saying mm. no longer everything was okay. And so they had to hustle, as you do, in the same way that uh, when uh, America's slave trade was giving them more economic power over the United Kingdom, the Queen ratified for privateers to uh, act as pirates and to break up the slave trade by um, giving pirates carte blanche to attack American um, slave ships. So yeah. I say all that to say this. That was a long time ago. As I said, you're here now and you've done very well for yourself and you are much loved in the comedy industry. But the issue of immigration... I'm middle class now. All right, Prince, we get it. You've got your own house, bruv. Shut your mouth, bruv. And your own hair. Always rubbing it in my face. You used to be nice. <laughs> God, listen, all the good princes are gone now, Prince. I thought you was the last good one. <laughs> but um, yeah, so I'm basically... But obviously... Despite that, the issue of immigration hasn't stopped within the UK and there are still people that uh, move here for more economic prosperity and people who are literally fleeing with their families for their lives. Um, occasionally, people, some people are lucky enough to make it. Some people aren't. But um, it's a long-winded question. But I'm saying, let's say that you are on the beach, right? And you see a raft of immigrants arriving or wherever you are, you just see immigrants arriving on the shores of the UK and they see you and they're like, ah, oh, we've made it. Tell us what's good about the UK as a former immigrant yourself. What would you say are the best things about living here as an immigrant? Wow, I've never been called an immigrant. Okay. Nothing um, to be ashamed of. My dad's no, an immigrant. I just, yeah, I've just thought I can say that. that word. My dad's an immigrant. And his wife's an immigrant. It's also my mum. So, and they're kids. No, I'm kidding. No, um, the, the, the UK just provided me with um, safety. It's pro provided me with opportunities. It's, it's, it's given me, you know, free education because I'm from the ends, isn't it? Um, and it's helped me so much in so many ways. Um, I could have went, like, growing up, I could have went, like, like, either way. I could have been, like, you know, Proper roadman, but yeah, I, I was never a roadman. I always pretend I was. Every now and well, again, no. every can now we edit that bit? Nah, we'll, we'll edit. Can, we, can we edit that bit? Yeah, we, know, we know you got a pass in that. Feds, feds watching. Statue of limitations in that. Obviously, bruv. Say feds, less, cuz. Say less. Feds might be watching, innit? That's why I got. I got that. Like obviously, obviously. Get me from. No, so um, no, it's just um, it's it's a great country. Like, I, there's nothing negative I can say about it. Seriously, I've I've really, I've had so many opportunities that I would never have got. Um, and I, I just love the fact that it's a lot safer than say most of the countries in the Western world, like say, um, uh, I don't know, America or Europe. Cause our police here, although there's a mis you know, previous conception that, um, they don't carry guns. There are police that carry guns. The majority of police don't carry guns. And I've never been, I've never had problems with the police. That's one thing that I wanted to put out there. Maybe just me. Um, maybe others have, but I've, I've really lived so far quite a, Quite a good life, actually. Yeah, I could say positive life. So, yeah. Um, for I, I don't know. I don't know what you're asking well, me this, now. Is, this is being recorded. Well, imagine, imagine like let's so imagine like you know the, uh, we have a, a a ship of immigrants. They're like on a cruise ship. And they've arrived safely. Like, but you know, Banks, so you know, Banksy. He put out like his uh, a cruise ship to help. Um, it's for Libya, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, to help um, migrants that are like on rafts and waters and stuff like that. Yeah. So let's say that like these people are now home, dry, nourished, and safe. And they're like, oh, we made it. So what do we do for fun here? Like, you're like, imagine you're the tour guide. So you're on the ship, you're yeah. the tour guide, and you are taking immigrants from all over the world on a tour of the UK, or even London. And they're like, what do you do for fun here? And so that's the question, really. What makes it fun for immigrants? Well, what firstly, I'll, I'll, I'll bring them to my gig, mm -hmm. charge them £5 per head. Mm -hmm. <laughs> 
Because, like, get me, I'm nice like that. Usually I charge 20, but five, you get me? It's a 75% off. It's yes. pandemic. It's a And um, now I'll just, you know, I, I would just, I would tell him that you can, you, you're free. You're, you're, you know, you're free. You, you, you're not, you, you're not going to be persecuted or anything. You, you're free here. You're free to, you know, um, learn. You're free to get a job. You're free to not maybe get a job if you can't speak the language, but you learn, you learn. I mean, even there's a lot of people that can't speak English and they do jobs like cleaning jobs and things like that, picking fruits, but there are opportunities. And once you learn the language that you can learn, you know, many other things. I couldn't speak any English and look at me now. Man, a bad man. You get me? No, um, <laughs> Um, <laughs> you learn so much um, just being here like when I came from Somalia because m- my mum she's um, from the Ethiopia side a place called Gonda it's like yeah it's the uh, black Jews that's me- my me- dad's like me- proper, me- proper proper Muslim me- Muslim Jews and Muslims. oh so it's a uh, inter no it's uh, Falasha it's, oh, Fala- oh, Falasha. Falasha oh cool 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 is that the name of the tribe yeah uh, yeah, they're, they're called Better Israel or something. Oh. I don't know. I don't know much about it because I. But the, the way I was brought up was with no religion, nothing mm-hmm. like so. Man, well, actually, religion, but yeah, um, mine's just a bad man, isn't it? Um, <laughs> yeah, but yes, <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah. So I, I would, I would, I would obviously. Okay, what I wanted to get at, and I know this is like people always think this is weird, like, but I just don't believe, like, you know, when you have a strong belief, I don't believe that there should be borders. I don't believe there should be land belonging to anyone. We, absolutely, none of us belong here, I, man. We, I, just, I, we, we, just, we, we just landed. Like, we, we, we just made. And absolutely. Then none, everything belongs to a higher power that we've, we uh, haven't absolutely. seen. But I do believe it exists. And absolutely. That's, that's what I believe. Yeah, me too. So we should never, ever, like, restrict somebody from basic human rights. Simple. Absolutely. That's, Prince, you got to... You got I'm to, Bob Marley, bro. Fam, love. fam, I'm with you 100% away, man. You got to the point exactly, man. I think, especially you live in a secular, developed nation like the UK, where we... Uh, yeah. Always make it a point of principle to separate church and state, and probably one of the biggest atheist and agnostic populations in the part of the Western Hemisphere. And uh, you know, people do give very good reasons for not believing in religion. That you know, the, the idea it's a man-made ideology, but the idea of nation is exactly the same, Prince, as he said, because you know we call this England, and the etymology of the word England is the land of the Angles, because uh, a large part of the people that settled this land most recently were descended from um, Ang- uh, Anglo-Saxonic tribes. From what we now call Germany, but prior to that, you know, you had Normans in, the, you had the Normans, you had Romans, and you know, the actual indigenous people of the UK are the Celts and the Picts, um, and that's evidenced by the fact that a you've had these uh, remnants of the Cheddar Man, who's actually a darker-skinned um, uh, man, and also, you know, monolith theory. There's archaeological evidence that shows you that this has not always been an Anglo-Saxon, uh, Western Orthodox Christian country because Stonehenge is a monolith mm. that is built as a testament to Druidism. And, you know, Merlin was a Druid. You know, the whole thing that you, people call wizards and stuff like now, well, they're called Druids and, you know, there's, and they would do stuff like study ruin, runes, runes, and, you know, they'd use different type of writing and stuff before we had English as a language. Because English itself is a Mongol language, which is a combination of Latin and French and Sanskrit. And uh, yeah, and Saxonic languages as well. So I, you make a good point. Who is really an immigrant, Prince? That's, yeah, you kind of answered it. Exactly. Um, so- it's like one of my friends, one of my friends sent me a video and he, he was getting um, a bit of a racist um, um, abuse in this bar in in, um, in Arizona. Mm-hmm. And um, like he sent me the video, I'll message, I'll send it to you. But basically they were saying, go back to where you come from. Now he's... Cherokee, he's um, Native American, uh-huh. and these white guys were like, "Go back to where you come from." And he was like, "Well, this is my life," <laughs> and it's like just crazy what people think. Yeah, you I know, mean, it's, but um, it's, it's no, yeah. But if you th- listen to the insanity of the narrative, it's no different to somebody who's like, "My God's better than your God," because all of these things are, yeah, exactly. All these ideas of nations are conceptual. Like, for example, most people, millennials or Generation Z, you can speak. They would never, they never heard of Yugoslavia. But when I was growing up, that was a nation and that was like a significant one. Yeah, used yeah. To play in the World Cup. And they were good at football as well. But the thing is, people tend to forget when we were kids, there was two Germanys, you know? Yeah, West there Germany, two Germanys. Now, East Germany. Exactly. Now, it, it occurs to me that I'm speaking to two people who culturally uh, come from two groups of people that are known for being nomadic. Jews and nomadic tribes, as is Somal and various other tribes from that area. So even for you as well, Howard, like 
as somebody who, uh, I guess, a lot of... I thought Howard was Italian, no? (laughs) (laughs) How we see? I thought he was. Oh, how we? I thought he was. Coming Ellie. Coming Ellie. He looks like one of those Italian mafias. He looks like Italian mafia. He looks like Mo Green in The Godfather, (laughs) if no one else. (laughs) If he was in The Godfather, he'd be Mo Green. (laughs) Shoot me in the eye. Shoot me in the eye. End it now. (laughs) So, so Howard, as a... Well, your family was, uh, you know, f- fleeing for the sake of safety as well. Very similar to Prince. Um, so the same question to yourself. For people, immigrants that arrive on the shores of the borders of the UK, they arrive in London. Like you imagine in London, they come in and they're like, so, buddy, what's the, what's the crack here? What do we do for fun? What's it like living out here? What's the situation? What's the setup? What's it like? I mean, I'd say the best thing about London, and obviously I think London is a very separate entity to the rest Fair. of the UK. Uh, That's because London, Ed- London is the best. Well, potentially, but I'd say Edinburgh is probably the only place I'd look at. And I know we have different views of it because of a comedy, uh, but it's an international city, right? Mm-hmm. London. Uh, and therefore, if you want to experience it, you can probably find it here is, is the one thing I'd say to anyone who arrives in London. And that sounds kind of slightly... Uh, <laughs> but that, questionable but that's why it's good because it is a, yeah, it's a very loaded yeah. statement. So if you, if, you, if you want it, you probably get it here. Mm. So I remember there being Americans that I was uh, friendly with from university because I studied out there. And uh, I remember them always thinking when they came over here that our food was shit. Uh, and, uh, and that's because when they arrive in Leicester Square, it is shit. Like if you went to a pub in Leicester Square for food or something, you went somewhere, it probably is a tourist trap full of poorly made food. However, the best thing about London as well, I think, is the food and the fact that you could... Is there a country that isn't represented in a culinary sense in London in some respect? You may have to dig well, to find, find it. if you want to find it hard enough. It, it's weird, actually. You know, they say that, Howard, because London has a food festival, right? But is, but yeah, is, yeah, but is there, is there ones, yeah. one central one that everyone kind of... Because I know there's been ones in various parts of London, but is there like one... Unified Food Festival. World yeah. Food Festival in London. I don't know. But if Mayor of London, if I was Mayor of London, you'd get that, Londoners. You'd get that. And not only would you get that, <laughs> if you... The campaign is gathering pace. And you, or your members of your family, have to subsist on food banks. Any food that is not eaten at the London Food Festival legally would have to be distributed amongst food banks. It's a, it's a good thing. I mean, I, I think that... Um, yeah, the, I mean, look, there's so many good reasons to be in this country. There's so many reasons for people who want to come here. I, and what what uh, Prince said about uh, nationalism and 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 the kind of seeming nonsense. I guess I get I get how nationalism existed many many generations ago. I understand why that existed in that way. Like you needed to look after your tribe. But our issues that we're facing in this era are entirely international. The whole the whole world. Is- the whole world is globalized. Like isolationism along national lines, as a is as regressive as believing. Well, the Earth is flat. For me, it's flat Earth theory, as far as I'm concerned. You, there is no way where you have systems and frameworks whereby money and labor very clearly crosses borders without this, the same level of scrutiny as asylum seekers or immig- immigrants, and that's impossible. How you expect money generated from foreign workforces to cross borders into the UK, and for the people that make that money not to follow, is just asinine. So, yeah, I'm with you guys. I don't, I don't know why people are still referring to about things like countries and stuff, especially because it's like, how the fuck then are Israel and Australia in Eurovision? Surely the Euro tells you they shouldn't be in there. But then how then has England got a football team, but their Olympic team is the Great Britain? So then we had to go how many years without a good left winger like Ryan Giggs being on the left and then David Beckham could have been on the right and we could have got shit popping. But we can't do that. And we can't fucking Aaron Ramsey. And now Gareth Bale can also not play for England because he's Welsh. But if he was an Olympic team, he could go for Great Britain. So don't make any, so this whole England thing don't make any fucking sense. We pick and choose when it applies to us. And we could have fucking used a Gareth Bale and a Ryan Giggs throughout our campaigns of football. So we don't understand when it works for us, when it don't bloody work for us. So, yeah. Yeah, it's like all those countries that were in a, in a commonwealth that fought, you know, side by side with the, you know, w- with, with the British troops um, from like Africa, or the Caribbeans, like they can't really come into the country, but like the people that used to bomb here, like Germans, they can just come in. No problem. Bang. How effective is the system really? <laughs> they, yeah, if the people that used to bomb can actually come in here and, you know, not, it's crazy. It's, it's absolutely crazy. And it's, um, I just think that there's a point, you know, where, where we're at now, where, 
you know what, you, you, you need all this stuff. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't think we've got time to open up this can of worms fully today, but this, all this stuff about those old songs you used to sing, you know, at the proms and then potentially being offensive, all of these scenarios, I just look at and go, just move forward. Try to move forward, you know, like mm. I, I think I think all of us can 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 look at the problems we face environmentally, economically, domestically, all manner of things and just think, can we move forward? We, we are going to move forward, Howard. That's the thing. I don't think we have a choice. I just think that there are a lot of people who have been very used to their way of life up until this point, whether it's enjoying the privileges of being a national a nationalist in the West, as well as being a capitalist in the West and being a bipartisan in the West. And I think people have been enjoying that for the last 50 plus years, but we've gotten to the apex of the effectiveness of those systems. And I think moving forward, uh, 2020 and onwards, human life and the way we live it just has to change, I'm afraid. And people just have to be prepared for that. It's been another good episode. I've enjoyed I've enjoyed talking today. It's been, uh, it's been, a, been a difficult day for all of us to do this because of the news that came out about uh, Chadwick uh, Bozeman uh, at the time of recording. Uh, it was, um, I think we all woke up today in the UK to, to a bit of disbelief about I'm it. I'm really, fucking sick of 2020. Yeah, man. I can't believe it. I can't I believe can't it. Believe it. it. It's, uh, it's very sad. But at the same time, do you know what, man? Other than the loss felt by his family and his close friends, do you know what, Chadwick, bro? What you have contributed to humanity and to art and to the... Uh, emotional complex of young black men globally you've, you've done more with your life than in five years than some people will do an entire lifetime so yeah man rest easy bro ain't shit going on on earth man big up i think that moment uh if you remember uh if you know Endgame, i know everyone will remember him for his role as in black panther in the movie but in Endgame. I think he's the first one to walk out to help uh, Captain America with the whole and Thor. With the whole and that, moment, that moment he walks out will be amazing Absolutely. forever. And now right? he's doing that on a scale where we can't see him in it. So, um, yeah. Yeah, man, it's crazy. It's crazy, man. But, Rest in peace. But you know what, man? Like indeed. I said, we want to, the idea is positive, man. And you, the, and he was. I tried to like tribute to him today by wearing uh, like thinking, a. I feel top. it, man, and I'm all in black as well, like the Panther man. So it's all good. But you know, it's it's one of these things, man. I, I, death, death. When it's close to you, you feel it. It's always a difficult thing to rationalise. And uh, I say to people, man, like Chadwick Boseman, especially, was someone who, and for obvious reason, was very uh, spiritual and very open about his um, how philosophical he was about life. And um, he was very outspoken about purpose. And I really feel like you know. He he was somebody that always, that uh, especially because I guess he was aware of the news, wanted to give his life meaning. And as I say, man, you've touched the hearts of people all over the earth, man. And uh, Big time. if I if I live to be able to do that, then it'll be a life well lived in it. So rest in peace, man. And but yeah, that, yeah. but in the spirit of fraternity and the celebration of all things African, safe for coming on the podcast, man like Prince Abdi, finally. Um, Big up, big Go up. King. Yeah, finally we made Prince it. Prince <laughs> Abdi by name, but king by nature in that, brother. Let me, uh, please, bless, please bless. tell the listeners where they can check out your stuff, see more of your stuff, and keep up looking for the preens. Yeah, um, so I'm on um, Facebook. I have a page now. I made a page. It's it's it's, um, it's called um, um, at the real Prince Abdi, the real Prince Abdi, because there's too many fake Prince Abdi's. You get me? So the real one, get me. <laughs> yeah, at the real Prince Abdi, and that's it. <laughs> I'm not on Instagram. Sorry. But yeah, but if you want to catch okay. we'll find you on Twitter. You're on Twitter, aren't you? Oh, yeah, Twitter, somewhere? yes. Yeah, yeah, Real Prince Abdi <laughs> on Twitter. That's right. So, yeah, look look out for Real Prince Abdi on all your good socials. And also, as we are now, uh, lockdown's easing and there's more live performances. Prince is one of the hardest working and most visible live performers that I've ever seen in my life. Oh, so if you don't even catch God bless you, thank you. You're in for a treat if you see him live, folks. You'll see this man. He's been all over the world and loved everywhere. And so, yeah, check it out in it because. Prince don't believe in borders, so neither should you as a comedy fan. So check out my man, Prince. That's true, man. I did a, I did a show in Israel to Palestinian and Israeli audience, man. So wow, there you go. So yeah, and they're all together. They're together as well. It can be so done, man. Listen, listen, man. There is no, yeah, man. There's, there has never been, and there should never be any reason why uh, Jews and Muslims can't coexist in it. Uh, we will have to do that on another episode of the podcast. Yeah, that's yeah. next time. Part but, two with yeah, Prince. Yeah, that's next time. Exactly. Sure. <laughs> Listen, uh, take care, Prince. Uh, thanks, thanks Prince. Have a good day, brother. Thanks, thanks, Howard. Peace. Thanks, Dean. Take care, boys. Take care, lads. Bye. Bye.
You've been listening to Dane Baptiste Questions Everything, hosted by Dane Baptiste. For more from Dane, go to danebaptiste.co.uk or follow him on Twitter at DaneBapTweets or Instagram at DaneSnapTiste. Our guest was Prince Abdi. You can follow Prince on Facebook and Twitter at RealPrinceAbdi. The show is produced by me, Howard Cohen. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at the Howard Cohen. The show is mixed and mastered by Decode. You can follow D on Twitter and Instagram at OfficialDecode. Please rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to us. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at DBQE Podcast. Thanks to Polly, Gelly and the Acast team for all their support. Thanks for listening, guys. And remember, question everything. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com.